Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, I have a discussion with a man by the name of James Brenner. James has listened to the podcast before, reached out to me, and said, I've got an interesting story to tell regarding my time in California and then moving to Kentucky just within the last year or so, and then enrolling his stepson or attempting to enroll, enroll his stepson into a local school district, which is an interesting experience to say the least, and he'll detail that in this particular episode. But there's a few things that I wanted to mention before we get into the discussion here with James. And first of all, as I've put out on Gab, and I would encourage people again to check out the Gab account, because on my Gab account, I put out a lot of information that, I, uh, that as you might expect, is coming in a lot faster than what I can cover here on the podcast. But there are certain stories, again, that I'm going to just sort of reiterate that I may toss out on Gab, um, but it certainly bears repeating on the podcast, and, and I definitely want to do that. The same thing is true with my BitChute account. I have a consistent sort of video series titled This Is War on the BitChute account, again, by the same name, American Education FM. And it's again, it's a combination of news headlines and memes and, and video and audio and XYZ just sort of all slammed together in a anywhere from a 10 to 20 to maybe sometimes 30 minute video clip. So feel free and check those out again, because again, the, the information here is coming in very, very quickly. And I, and I don't think that that's going to go away. So before we get into the discussion, there's a few things that I wanted to bring up. Number one. Uh, as uh, I may have mentioned in the past, there are a number of schools here that are closing already. Many schools have already decided to close for at least two weeks straight, and I'm going to get into a few of them right now. Uh, first, this comes from, I want to say, yeah, uh, Anglinton, Texas, and it says, All Anglinton ISD schools closed through end of the week due to COVID. It says, One Anglinton S. ISD Elementary School reported eight COVID cases among staff and 24 among students. So again, we have the jabbed getting ill and they're making the unjabbed ill because we know that elementary school students can't take the jabs, nor should they, nor should anybody. But by being around the jabbed, of course, they're transmitting uh, their ill effects onto the unjabbed. Here's another one. This is from Nashville, Tennessee. Stewart County schools to close until after Labor Day due to illness. It says Dover, Tennessee, uh, the exact same thing. The district will remain closed until September 8th. School-aged COVID-19 cases have been on the rise in recent weeks, and they've skyrocketed. In fact, they skyrocketed as soon as they went back to school. They even show a little chart here of all these school-aged COVID cases in Tennessee. Now, again, are they testing people and they're counting those as cases? Yes, we know that they're doing that. But what we also know is that they're falling ill. Again, as it's been stated lots of times, these schools can't stay open with this many sick school teachers. Um, here's another one. Knoxville, Tennessee, Union County Public Schools to close for two weeks due to COVID-19. All Union County Public Schools will close for the first two weeks of September, district officials announced Tuesday. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, the, let's see. The Union County... Man, these just pop-up windows are insane. Go away. All right, here we go. Uh, Union County School Director of Schools, Jimmy Carter. Not that Jimmy Carter, I'm sure. Another one attributed the closures to a rise in positive COVID-19 cases and inability to staff classrooms. Bam. Now, 
I could have sworn there was some dude who said something about that at some board meeting some time ago. I don't know who that was, but um, yeah, it's only it's only <laughs> it's only September. It's only the beginning of September, and this is this is only getting worse. Uh, here's another weird story that again. I'm not sure it bears too much repeating because it shouldn't shock anybody, but this comes from justthenews.com, and it's titled 20 States to Sue to Block Biden Sexual Orientation Gender Identity Rules for Schools. So again, the federal government is cramming this quote-unquote professional development, which of course puts down white people and makes fun of white people and calls everybody racist and XYZ. I mean, they're pushing this down the throats of countless individuals, even though when Trump was formally in office, of course he still is, but even when he was still in office as far as the fake news was concerned, um, he had done away with a great deal of this, and states, of course, were creating laws saying that companies and schools cannot do this. They cannot provide this ridiculous, uh, discriminatory, segre- segregation-like training within their within their school buildings or companies or wherever people are employed. And that was becoming very, very successful. And that was working. But again, this is more federal government overreach. And frankly, it shouldn't shock anybody that this is happening. The Chicago public school system also um, losing bus drivers. Over 90 plus bus drivers have quit because they don't want to get jabbed. See, they are among the smartest individuals you could possibly imagine. And think of the mind of a school teacher in that moment. The school teachers all lined up to get jabs, but the bus drivers are walking away and saying, nope, I'm not getting that. Why is that, do you think? Don't you think that a school teacher would be saying to themselves something like, wow, that seems odd. Why are all those, school t- or why are all those bus drivers choosing not to get jabbed? We took the jabs. What seems to be the big deal? It's going to be chaos. I mean, it's going to be absolute chaos. In fact, in that same story, or uh, uh, the exact same story related, uh, the Chicago public schools were hiring Uber drivers to drive students to school. And they were, of course, apologizing profusely for the inconvenience that it would cause countless individuals. Uh, Again, outside of a K-12 classroom, I would say the only more unhealthy environment would be packed in like sardines on a K-12 public school bus. But fortunately... These bus drivers are completely based and totally awake, and they're walking away, which is a great thing. Here's another quick story again. Judge orders Ohio hospital to treat COVID-19 patient with ivermectin. This actually happened in my county. It happened in Butler County, Ohio, and it was a great thing. Um, despite the hospital's initial refusal, it says, quote, a judge ruled in favor of a woman seeking to have an animal dewormer drug given to her husband hospitalized with COVID-19. First of all, it's not an animal dewormer drug. It's a prescription medication for human beings. It also happens to be an animal dewormer in liquid form, in paste form, which by the way, I've ordered ivermectin, both pill and paste form. My recommendation is you do the same, and you can get the paste on Amazon. You can even look up on the internet with a great level of ease the amount of paste that you're supposed to give a human being. And there have been countless stories of individuals receiving the paste and orally uh, ingesting the paste, and then they feel better uh, a day or so later as a result, along with, of course, vitamin C and vitamin D and lots of water and XYZ. So, yeah, 
you, you've, <laughs> this is just horrific to where you actually have to get a court order to get someone to give you a drug that's cheap that works. I also want to thank Vanessa Hurst for shooting me this article from Mercola.com, uh, from Joseph Mercola, and it's an exquisite article. And I'm going to link the entire article in the description below in a PDF document. My, my recommendation is you, you take a look at this. I'm just going to read the story at a glance, bullet points here. But the entire article is absolutely incredible. And it's titled, uh, Children Born During Pandemic Have Lower IQ for a Variety of Reasons. And mainly, it's stress-related. That has a lot to do with it, and of course, he, as he also points out, a lot of it has to do with uh, too much fluoride and drinking way too much uh, water with fluoride in it. And again, when, when a mother is stressed out, uh, it increases, of course, blood pressure and can create a great deal of issues for both the mother and the unborn child. And then, of course, when birth takes place, there can be some underlying issues with the child and the mother as a result. So here this the the story at a glance bullet points. It says results of one study show the cognitive scores of children bo born during 2020 and 2021 were adversely affected by lockdown measures when compared to infants born from 2011 to 2019. Clinical symptoms of parental anxiety can affect an infant's neurodevelopment and increase the risk of low birth weight and preterm birth. Several studies have en have engaged pregnant women in parents during 2020 demonstrated a significant rise in anxiety. It also says scientific data shows that pre- and postnatal exposure to fluoride also had detrimental effects on a child's IQ, including four key National Institutes of Health-funded studies, yet fluoride continues to be added to the water supply. The final point says this, consider the strategies you can use to positively impact your child's cognitive health including taking care of your mental health, providing appropriate interaction and stimulation for your infant, and reducing or eliminating fluoride exposure. Now, a couple of tag stories along with that. There are fluoride filters, by the way, um, which exist all over the internet. Always a recommendation. I've mentioned this in the past. Um, if you're going to drink water, make it spring water, um, not purified water. And unfortunately, it's the purified water that finds its way in bottle form, both Dasani, Aquafina, things of that nature. And th those are the waters that are predominantly you're going to find in American K-12 schools and even university settings. It damages the heart because of the potassium chloride that's in it. Um, but, but this was another, again, uh, another linked story and, and, and something that's continuing to happen, which I think is a fantastic thing except it has its limitations and can have serious limitations going forward depending on whether or not these individuals stick to their guns or not. There was a uh, Denver high school that had a bunch of students leave the school in the morning and go across the street or do whatever and, and protest uh, not wearing masks, chanting and, and holding signs, and, and it was all fantastic, and I applaud all of that. However, as I've even said on Gab, it doesn't mean anything if they go back. If they go back to the school and they accept the punishment for skipping school just to go back to detention and wear the mask, it's not having, it's not having the immediate long-term impact that it needs to have. You can't change these environments by protesting this way. 
which means you have to self-govern. You have to take back control of your own self and your own individual person and then the people in your family. Again, I would encourage all of those students who did that to, not, to do two things. Number one, you can keep doing it if you want, but my recommendation, not that anybody's asking, but that they never do it again and that they never attend that school ever again. Because once they homeschool, and I said this on Gab too, once they homeschool and once they start to explore the real world that we live in and wake up from that and come to the realization of the actual horrors that exist in this world and who's been pulling the strings this entire time, they will start to see that they have been chained their whole lives. And once you see those chains, then you can take them off. And once those chains are off, you'll never put them back on again. You'll never go back. That's waking up from the matrix. That's what all of that is. You, you won't go back to the way that things were, nor should you. And that's something I think that is a very valuable lesson for a lot of people to fully understand. And I know that more and more people are consistently waking up. And I've had some great people on Gab remind me of a few things because, again, even in this episode, in this discussion here with James, which you're going to hear in just a second as I wrap this up, you know, I was criticizing Project Veritas this past week for, again, highlighting some communist teachers in, in communist school districts in communist California. I, I personally think that's a distraction. I'm not saying it's not a. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that it that it's happened. But I've had some people on Gab again remind me, hey, look, not everybody's awake, and there's people waking up, and they're consistently starting to see this and pay closer and closer attention to to what's going on in schools. Um, and I and I fully get that. I fully understand that. I mean, it was a good reminder. But again. With all of the clout that Project Veritas has, I would sure like to see them go after the Vax genocide, and I would sure like to see them spend a little more time on the audit and continue to do that. I'm not saying that they haven't, and I'm not saying that they aren't going to in the future. I don't know their itinerary. I don't know what, what, what they're doing or what they're working on, and I understand that they have to come out with particular stories at particular times. But... Again, if anybody's shocked that a guy has an Antifa poster and a rainbow poster, or a rainbow flag rather, and, a, and an Antifa flag, and a poster of uh, Mao Zedong in his classroom while he has a hammer and sickle tattooed to his chest, and and somebody's shocked that that guy is a, is a radical communist, I you know, that's not breaking news. It's just not. But again, I understand that new eyes are on it all the time, and I and I do see it from that angle, and and it does make perfect sense. So. Again, with all of that said, here's an excellent discussion with James Brenner. He's got a lot to say. He brings up a lot of great points, and he's got a lot of stories, and they're really, really interesting. And again, the, the, to, to move a family from California to Kentucky during, during all of this time is a, is a big, big deal. And that should tell everybody, again, is to the simple fact that this is a war, and you've got to pick up stakes, and you've got to move. You got to make your shots and then you got to get up and you got to move and then make your shots other places. And now they're homeschooling, which is absolutely fantastic. And they're continuing to look into homeschooling programs for, for their son. So again, with all of that said, here is our discussion and I'll catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. I served in the Marine Corps from 1999 to 2003. I got an honorable discharge. Um, back in those days, I feel like the military was a lot different than today, but after the 
military, I went on and I became a construction worker in the union in New York City for a while. Um, that's where I used to live. I'm from New York. I came up in the educational system on Long Island. Um, so after I finished my construction thing, I went ahead and went on to the Culinary Institute of America. It's going to be the world's best cooking school. And I did the um, college thing there. Stuck my feet in. Uh, got in some classes and then eventually moved on from the school and went and cooked in places like New Orleans and California and New York. So right now, I'm a parent of an 11-year-old stepson and uh, just pulled him out of the school system here in Kentucky where I'm living currently uh, because it's just been chaos. Um, we were in uh, Fayette County. Okay. So about a week ago, I heard your podcast with um, school teacher from out here in Kentucky. My wife and I listened to it twice because, you know, we were super interested about it. And, I mean, I wasn't surprised to hear that 100 teachers had quit between the two um, the two counties here. Yeah. And, well, what, what was going on is when we moved out from California last year, we were kind of like fleeing the constant fires. There was either like 110 degrees every day there. Or we would um, be inundated by smoke from these fires. I mean, it's just so ridiculous that it was tur- like blacking out the sun. So my kid was stuck inside all day from the, the pandemic. My kid's on distance learning, so he's just sitting there doing his classes on a laptop, but then he can't even really go out to play because it was like so toxically polluted outside in Sacramento. So we moved out here to Kentucky, and... Everything was going great. He was doing um, online distance learning. Yeah, every time I checked on him, he would be paying attention. It, I, every time I listened to it on the teacher, she was just going over curriculum. So I was, like, satisfied. And he, he did decent grades, and they could get better. But I was satisfied with where his education was going with the public school system. But then this year when we applied, they never got back to us. Well, we, we did the whole email chain. We signed him up for it. Uh, their online learning academy. And then the school week starts and we were contacting them the whole week before, like, hey, we never got a computer. We never got books. What's going on? They don't respond to us. We keep contacting them. About three days after the beginning of the school year that starts, they contact us and they're like, hey, uh, Isaac's not in school. We're like, well, yeah, we signed him up for the learning academy. We're like, well, we don't have any of that paperwork. So you're going to have to sign up again. And Chances are there's no spots left, so you won't be able to get into it. Well, like, well, that's ridiculous. So we sign up again. After maybe four or five days, they get back to us, and they say, uh, we're denied. So we appeal, and I appeal. They said his um, attendance wasn't good enough. And what they did was, since we missed the first quarter of the school year, he was actually in school in California. We drove out here. We signed up for school the day we got out here, and it took them two weeks to get back to us back then. So they took all of the days that he had missing from the first quarter. They spread it out over the course of four quarters and made it look like he attended the first quarter. So I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, why would they make it look like he attended the whole quarter that he wasn't here? So we contacted him back. I presented the information, said that his attendance wasn't bad. It was better than average. And then they responded, give us a doctor's note 
about your kid's medical reason why he can't come in person. So for, for, for my fiance and I, that was just a major deal breaker. It's like, well, here you're committing fraud or doing something odd with his attendance. And then when addressed by it, you don't address it back. You ask for a medical reason, and we never said there was anything wrong with our kid. We never said he had a medical reason. If anything, just herding the children into a school bus with 40, 50, 60 of them, having them all wear masks for an hour, then huddling them through hallways and into a school, like, this doesn't sound healthy. If you mean to tell me that you believe there's a deadly virus going around, but you think a cloth mask is going to stop it somehow, and that it's healthy to hurt the children together. So that was my point, was that this is not healthy for the children. Like, I don't want my son in a mask. I don't want my son in a place where there's a deadly virus going around through the halls. So why are they trying to force them into this situation? So the very next morning, I wake up and the news story says, uh, Lexington, and it shows a picture of the middle school they're trying to force my son into. Lexington is shuttering its schools in the midst of hundreds of students getting coronavirus and hundreds more needing to uh, quarantine. So tell me how it is sane and healthy that these people are running this organization like this. So, yeah, we pulled him out and, um, yeah, it's looking challenging. And it's a little intimidating, but we're going to homeschool him. We're going to do our best to do it, you know, and prepare him for the world. The criminal behavior here is, I mean, it's temple-rubbing insanity. Uh, they've all broken the law. All of these school districts, the governors, the health departments, you go up and down the chain, so to speak. They've all broken the law, and no one is being arrested. And, uh, you know, I, I said this on yesterday's podcast, or, or today's, I guess, the, the one that aired on Wednesday, and uh, which is today, that, I mean, where, where are these police officers? Where, where are the lawyers going after these school districts? Why, why is it that school board members are not being arrested uh, and being allowed to engage in all of these practices, which are not just criminal, but as I've said a thousand times, you go back in time to 2019, if any of this was taking place among any school employee, they would be arrested and they would be fired. Right now, because I don't even like the way that they organized the school year. Back when I was a kid, I, we had off to like the middle of September, end of September, and then we got back to class. Like we had a full summer. They called him in to come to school on August 11th, the first day of the year. It's like the hottest day of the year. Like my kid should be in the, in the yard playing in the sprinkler. Like he shouldn't be like, you know, getting shoveled along in a school bus and, and, you know, shuttled along through hallways. So I don't like the school year setup. I, I don't like, you know, that obviously their health and safety standards are just completely ridiculous and they're just playing make-believe with my child's safety. So um, I have looked into a ton of programs. I'm really liking the Ron Paul curriculum. You know, I'm here in Kentucky and um, I really respect Ron Paul and Rand Paul. So I'm, I'm leaning towards that. We're looking at that. 
you know, my son has a, a big piece of the input that's going to be put in here. So I'm not just going to force him into something that he's not prepared for, that he doesn't want to do. I want him to, you know, do his best. So looking at Rand Paul, we're looking at a lot of online academies. We're actually looking at um, online private school as well, because I liked the amount of engagement he was having, believe it or not, on the laptop. I know some parents don't like that. They want to send their kid to school. For me, I didn't have a great uh, school career coming up. So I didn't have a fun time when I was a child in school. Uh, I wasn't treated right. So back when I was a child, I was injured. I had a broken arm, basically, but it was a bone cyst that was 11 centimeters long. And um, to fix it, the doctors wanted to inject steroids into it. Unfortunately, it took many steroid injections over the course of several years, and then finally a bone graft to solve my problem. So I wasn't allowed to play gym. I wasn't allowed to do recess. I wasn't allowed to run around. I wasn't even allowed to play with other kids because I was an insurance liability to my school growing up. So between the grades of second and seventh grade, I was basically this little pariah that sometimes they would stick into a dark room with special ed kids who were literally drooling in wheelchairs and they would put me in the dark and tell me that I wasn't allowed to play with the other kids because if I got hurt, they would get in trouble. Go back to these memories of year after year of me being just completely treated terribly by teachers, gym classes, teachers, suspending the whole class, not letting any of these small children play, and then saying, you see Jimmy over there in the corner? He's not allowed to play with you. If you play with Jimmy, now you have to sit. I would literally have small children coming up to me be like, I hate you. You ruined my class. So... I don't need this type of education for my son. That's for sure. I don't need this type of peer-on-peer toxic social interactions either. You know, the the first time I ever saw drugs in my life was in school. The first time I ever saw violence in my life, it was in school. I had a friend stabbed, and he got his jaw broke with brass knuckles in a gang fight at Walt Women High School on Long Island. And the first time I ever witnessed sex, it was in school. I was on a school bus, I think I was 12. And kids were having sex in the backseat. So these are just not the type of experiences that I want my son to have to go through. Like, I, I'm not trying to filter out the reality of the world. But can we do it at the right time, please? That's all I'm asking. So, yeah, we're getting Isaac into homeschooling. We're not going to do it the way they did to me. And, uh, you know, we're praying here that, that he comes out great. And I think he will be. So. You know, I, I remember when I was five years old. I, of course, was sent to school for the very first time, and it just, it never, it never felt right. It just never felt, you know, it just, yeah, it just didn't feel good. There there was way too much anger. There was way too much hostility. There was way too much noise, um, way too much violence. And again, that's not the kind of environment, as you know, and as countless people know, where individuals learn. And where and where they learn best, it's it's gotten to a point now where it's it's about saving the lives of your own family members, and I mean it should have always been that way, and that clearly should have always been the focus among lots of different people. But unfortunately, there's a great deal of them that actually believe what's going on, and they think that uh, schools are healthy environments. You know, there was a there was a there was a parent 
who was sitting next to her daughter in that school board meeting where I spoke. And she got up after I had left, and uh, I, I watched the entire thing online, but she got up afterwards, and she walked up to the microphone, and she was wearing a mask, which should tell you about all you need to know. And, uh, and she was siding with the mask wearing and, and how important it is and this, that, and the other. And she actually had the audacity to get up in front of everybody, knowing full well that this would be on the internet, and comment with her daughter sitting right there also wearing a mask, who is probably middle school age, if I had to take a guess, maybe, maybe late elementary. And she had the audacity to talk about how her daughter is being bullied for, wear, for wearing a mask when masks were optional. So you would have some students, of course, walking around wearing masks and believing the lie because their parents believe the lie. And then, of course, you would have other individuals walking around not wearing masks because they know what's going on. And I thought to myself again, it, it's completely inconceivable for that parent to think that she might actually be the problem. Coming from New York, I have a lot of past friends and family members who, you know, have always leaned on the liberal side of politics. I mean, obviously coming out of Long Island, I didn't even know what a, a uh, conservative was or what a Republican was, even if they told me what it was on Long Island. That's not what they are. But there, it's come down to a point where people have become so tribal into their political beliefs that it throws away any type of reasoning that they have or any type of rational thought to the point where people stop asking questions. It's like, when did it become all right to stop asking questions? The same people who pushed for a woman's choice, birth control, for, um, you know, more rights for women, minorities, these same groups who fought against the big pharmaceutical companies now they're the ones who want you to just shut up. They want you to stop annoying them. They don't want to see any of this crap, excuse me, that I keep sending people to try and wake them up into rational thought again. What I'm getting, though, is a, is a lot of blowback, and people are entrenched now in their political beliefs. Uh, and these beliefs weren't the ones they had 15, 20 years ago. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, what you believed back then, when you were so into your beliefs, how is it totally opposite now? How is it all right to force someone into any type of injection or any type of physical treatment like that? I mean, this, these are the people that used to say, my body, my choice. And now they, they're promoting, like, rape with a needle. And for children. And, you know, it would be one thing if this was, like, this miracle drug that in study after study it shows it reverses aging, balding, you name it. But it doesn't seem to have any positive benefits when you consistently look at the news day after day. When you try and aggregate results from actual doctors and actual experts and then you listen to phone call shows like on Alex Jones where he'll have people call in with their vaccine stories for a couple hours. And he, he's not getting any positive stories. I'm not hearing anybody who's like having a good time. 
So I don't understand how people are so entrenched now with the big pharmaceutical companies. And it's, it's, it's beyond alarming and shocking. You know, it's as if the world has been completely turned upside down. It's, it's certainly exposed a level of corruption that I think that countless individuals had no idea existed. But again, like you just said, I mean, there are so many people that still have no idea that that's even true. They wouldn't even, I mean, they can't even see that part of it. They can't see the inconsistency among these pseudo-professionals that are on television on a day-in and day-out basis. I heard one of them, one of the callers just the other day say, it was, I think, yesterday, is they said uh, they actually saved, they had to drive across state lines to save their family member's life by bringing them, hand-delivering ivermectin to them. I mean, and the propaganda is just so thick. The majority of news stories you'll see come up in your feed or whatever you want to call it. They're like, oh, don't take this ivermectin wormer for cattle. There's no information about where ivermectin was discovered, who discovered it, when it became a pharmaceutical drug, when it became allowed, when the United States uh, approved it. You know, you don't see actual information in news stories anymore. What you see is some biased story going, what are you, stupid? You're going to take a cattle drug? Just lay down and die. I mean, you know, why would you try something out of the ordinary to fix something that's killing you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of, I'm kind of pro-choice with my body. Like, if I choose to do something, that's my choice. So if I was getting sick and felt like I was dying... Yeah, I probably would take something that was approved for human use here in the United States. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, um, a a telemedicine call yesterday for the first time ever with um, with a doctor out of Indiana. And I found his name on Gab. Somebody tossed me, it could have even been you, somebody tossed me a, uh, a list of countless doctors throughout the United States and, and then again where, where they... Um, prescribe what you know what they're dishing out and um it was a really interesting call and it was a zoom call so you could see him and you could hear him talking of course and he's running through a number of different things i would say 90 to 95 percent of what he was saying was was accurate unfortunately there were a couple of things that he was saying that um you know aren't aren't all that great and and the one line that i consistently hear them say is is they'll say things like I mean, they'll criticize these jabs that that people have taken, and I, oddly enough, are continuing to take. God knows why. But then he'll they'll almost quickly, very quickly say, "But I'm not anti-vax." So they'll say they're pro-vax, but they're not pro this. And then he was spending the rest of the time again talking about lots of different cures and. Uh, how everybody should get a nebulizer, and you can uh, nebulize with 3% food-grade peroxide mixed with water and XYZ. And then he starts going into these other vaccinations that exist, like Gardasil, which is the the one for girls. Yeah, the HPV one. And And he goes, no one should ever take that. It'll kill you. They don't hear themselves stepping on on their own words and contradicting themselves. It's 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 bizarre. I think it seems to be human nature to be contradictory of yourself and others. 
Uh, I don't find too many people who don't have a small contradiction somewhere in their beliefs, their moral systems, what have you. Uh, of course, I'm guilty as well, right? Sure. So it just gets weird when we're looking for scientific, specific data, and then those strange biases come in, and, and then the contradictions start happening, and um, which is why it's so hard to get good data and hard to get a source you can trust. But over time, when you accumulate more and more data, and it keeps pointing you in the same direction, it may not be confirmation, but you have to apply the scientific method. You have to create experiments. You have to look for more data. You know, you have to investigate. So, you know, let me just speak for one minute here. This morning, before I called you, I put together just a small list of doctors that I remembered and that I'd seen in the last week or two come out against mandatory vaccinations, come out against uh, these mRNA vaccinations, most in particular, and even specifically doctors coming out and saying that they believe this is possible to be an actual mRNA biological gene weapon. So here's a list of doctors for any family members or friends who are listening to this, or any people out there you want to do a little research on your own, just go ahead and play this back after you record it, because here's a couple doctors' names. Dr. Malone. Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Yeadon, Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Elizabeth DeLay, Dr. Judy Nicolaitis, Dr. David Martin, Dr. Sukrit Bhakti, Dr. Jane Ruby, Dr. Zach Bush, Dr. Robert Young, Dr. Christina Parks, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Peter Bregan, Dr. Brian M. Tyson, Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Jessica Heyman, Dr. Richard Fleming, and Dr. Lee Merritt. This is just a small list of doctors that me, just your average guy who's just trying to get by, this is what I'm able to find in just a few minutes. Now, People have come at me with the argument like, oh, that's a PhD, that's a paper doctor. Well, first off, I've never heard that argument from anybody who's actually a PhD or, or doctor, first off. Second off, if these people dedicated their lives to something, many consecutive years earning something like a PhD, a doctor, becoming a medical doctor, this is like somewhere where I respect and why I may not trust them with my life, I will listen. So I don't understand why some people are just completely throwing away doctors out there who have dedicated their lives to things and then put out their name. And now they, they are risking everything. Honestly, in today's climate, you could have Chase Bank cancel you if they don't like you, even after they commit felony after felony, you know. But here we go. Um, Dr. Richard Fleming, one of my favorite on this list, on his Website, The Fleming Method, he's got over 200 sources for studies, legit studies, all by professional medical doctors. They all have huge lists of doctors, and they all are professionally sourced with links. He's got over 200 on his website for you to research as a human. And he doesn't have the full picture. You know, none of these doctors have the full picture, and I'm sure some are contradictory somewhere, you know? 
but it doesn't mean I'm going to completely rule them out if they make a small contradiction or if they don't all align with the same values or the same, you know, some of them think this is an absolute weapon, unrestricted warfare, and that we don't really know who's attacking us. Some of them think they do. I'm not saying I know anything. I'm just James. But look at this list of doctors here. Like, look, why are people going to sleep on this? Why aren't people doing more research? You know, one of my friends, my best friend in the world, one of them, his father got vaxxed five months ago. He's an Army veteran. He just came down with COVID this week. Now, anyone in their right mind would, would think that a vaccination is something that you get, so you never get sick from that. That's, that's what it was. When you got the polio vaccine, you were supposed to never get polio, you know. Now, this is, but this is the broken reasoning behind that. People line up for the flu shot every single year for my whole adult life. The last 20 years, I'm 40-something. So I've seen people take this flu shot every year. They get the flu. They don't get the flu. But you know what happens? They have to take the shot again the next year. They're, they're, nothing stopped them from getting sick from the flu in all actuality. You know, flus change. Things change, Right. You're not getting protected by taking this for the most part. I mean, that, that's just the reality of it. Just look at it. If you needed to take more, one, more than one flu shot over the last 20 years, is that really a vaccine? Did it really stop you from getting sick? I don't know. You do you, you know? You go ahead and do what you want with your life. But when you try and force something upon me, when you try to make my life difficult, you know, I'm a chef. There's a lot of good paying jobs in hospitals and stuff right now. And you know what type of easy gig that would be compared to working on the line in a super busy restaurant on a Saturday night where you're getting burned and you're getting stabbed and, you know, you're stubbing your toes and you're hurting your back. You work in a hospital, it's an easy job. But when you get there, they're like, yeah, we got $25 an hour for you, but, you know, you're going to have to wear a mask all day so you can't breathe. And, and, you know, quite possibly, you know, just a forced injection whenever we tell you. Don't worry about the side effects. Hey, you know, don't worry about your uh, medical future either. I mean, this is just a job. We'll, we'll take care of you for the rest of your life if you get sick, right? And the answer is obviously no. Like, I don't know of anyone's employer right now who's like, we're going to take care of you the rest of your life. I know a lot of people, like my mother who's a middle-class worker her whole life, she has to work X amount of hours per year to make sure she has her health coverage. So you have to work in an unhealthy environment just to be able to get your health coverage. I mean, this is the dystopian nightmare we live in now, but, uh, you know, what can we do? We're we're people. We're supposed to band together. We're supposed to do research, you know, have adult uh, conversations. And don't be afraid to disagree. But don't start name-calling at the other person if you don't like what they have to say. Name-calling just isn't an effective argument. But I faced that argument more times than you would expect. Now, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, I had to take forced inoculations before forced vaccinations. And, um, you know, anyone who's been forced to do something once, uh, it's almost like, you know, you hit them over the head with a brick. They don't ever want that again. So that's the feeling I have. I have PTSD from these situations, you know. Yeah. After they gave us the anthrax inoculation, two of my roommates passed out from it. You know, one of them we had to carry back up to the barracks. It's awful. Yeah. You know, it, it, it to get to get back to the doctor talk for a second. It's interesting because sure. again, it's 
a, it's really a pandemic of convenience and laziness. And unfortunately, there are way too many people who go to their family doctors and they say, well, my, my family doctor said this, so I need to do it. You know, I've been going to this doctor for a long time and, and all of a sudden now they've said I have to do this, so I have to do it. it. It's as if individuals, like you said, lack the ability to look up information on their own. And they have it ingrained in their heads that there's no way that their doctor would ever be wrong or ever lead them astray. When in fact, if you're in the medical profession, you've, you've gotten people killed. I mean, endless people in the medical profession have made horrible decisions. And they, of course, in their own minds might not think that it's a horrible decision at the time. But they've made serious mistakes that have cost people their health and cost people their lives. So again, that I don't know. I, I just think that that particular train of thought is is beyond evident. Just think of Oxford. I mean, yeah, ninety percent of the video clips out there that I've seen you on say this is a doctor from Oxford. <laughs> exactly, so, that's right. You know, pe- people lack the ability to even investigate the first uh, the first thing they hear, right? So yeah, that viral video that you're in, that thing hits home. That thing is, you know, amazing. If we didn't have uh, true big tech censorship, it would probably have 100 million views. So it's evident that you didn't go to Oxford unless, you know, they gave you some honorary degree or something. It's not even in this country, but people seem to hear the word Oxford after the, uh, you know, after you said PhD and think that you're a doctor from Oxford. So, you know, without, without looking it up. Yeah, the, the synapses weren't firing in the individuals that, uh, that seemed to believe that that was the case. And unfortunately, Tommy Robinson was one of the individuals that, that spread that around. Uh, he even said on Gab that I was an internal medicine specialist with 21 years of experience. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> it's, called, it's called the internet. Just look it up. But I don't know. Right, which is, I, I gave a huge list of names, but I didn't really get into what they're saying specifically. They need to look up Dr. Peter Bregan. They need to look up Dr. Jane Ruby. And, and maybe watch a video that she put out last night on how, uh, you know, Japan canceled the Moderna vaccine because they say there's metal in it. And then, you know, she's got all these other doctors from different countries like Spain and, and Germany who are saying, wow, there's metal in the vaccines. Like, we can actually see it under a microscope. So, you know, I I beg people out there who are listening to this, look up that list of doctors. Just pick two or three and see what they say right now. You don't have to spend all night on it. Just educate yourself a little bit more. Don't close your mind to these things. Try and understand what's going on from a a bigger picture here in the United States right now and around the world. You can't just turn off your mind, put the mask on, and and watch American Idol and go back to bed. I'm just tired of people doing this. Like, there's no sports game out there that matters right now. Sorry to say that. There's just no TV show that, that makes sense watching right now. There's no movies, you know? It, yeah, yeah. I could even say, I'm a huge video game lover. Don't play video games. Like, put everything away for a while. You know? Focus. It, it really does. It's gotten to the point where it really does just disgust me. And then again, not to put other people down, but I can't help but you know, watch a clip of a baseball game on YouTube or something, uh, like a highlight or whatever, and I'm saying to myself a number of different things, but I'm saying to myself, I can't believe people are still going. I mean, they're expensive, number one. 
who wants to pay you know fourteen fifteen dollars for a sixteen ounce beer? But on top of that, I mean, I, it just blows me away. Um, and and I think that right there proves that the cognitive dissonance in this country and among individuals is remarkably strong, and that you know that that comfortable pacification, so to speak, um, is is just is just that it's way too comfortable for a lot of individuals to not think. And that's dangerous. And speaking of that, yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of that, and I, I wanted to bring this up too, and, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Again, it, it should be even more affirmation that uh, you homeschooling your, your, your stepson is an exquisite idea. Um, I found out yesterday, um, a friend sent uh, a text message to me saying that Governor Brashear, um in your lovely state, and he's a complete tyrant, I might add. And I don't even think he won the election, by the way. Um, but I'm right there with you, you know. I haven't done a lot of research on all of that, but from what I've seen and what I've heard from people here in Kentucky who live here in Kentucky, um, he's widely disliked. Yeah. And again, it, it does break down that entire election ballot uh, sort of philosophy. Why is it that count endless individuals would vote for Donald Trump, but then they would vote for Andy Brashear to be your governor? It makes no sense. Um, but, but I found out yesterday that he apparently is increasing the amount of COVID sick days for teachers. And that he's, I think, either raising it from like five to maybe 10 days or something like that. Um, Apparently, it's even got some. It's got some of the superintendents in certain districts. In one district in particular, which has been consistently covered on my podcast in Nelson County, it's got him upset because he wants the students there and he wants the teachers there to brainwash the students. So by by increasing the pay leave for for teachers for quote unquote COVID relief, um, you know, the, the it just means that there might not be teachers in the school buildings to brainwash the students and the students might not be there also. I mean, it's the entire thing is absolutely nuts, but it's funny because now you even have the enemy fighting themselves. And I personally, I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. To understand what's going on there, you really need to read the art of war. I send you to understand, um, other, other countries and other people's philosophies about war, about how you should really be able to win a fight without throwing a punch, right? So, if you, especially if you can get the enemy to just sit there and hit themselves in the face over and over again. Um, now, going back to what you said recently, I think it's going to be a lot like what you said, where the schools are just going to shut down. I mean, the news story last night before I went to bed here in Kentucky was, oh, just 21 schools have closed in the last week here in Kentucky. And, you know, but why didn't they think about this beforehand? I mean, they're the ones saying there's a deadly disease going around. You need to wear a mask for it. Did you not think that the whole school could get sick? They think that uh, that they have the science that a mask will protect them. When everyone gets sick, you know, and they're all vaccinated, they blame something else instead of looking at the data they have at hand and maybe changing their mind when new data is presented. It's absolutely troubling, but, and these are the educators, you know, these are the people who want to be in government, and perhaps they do, actually, but they've been, you know, steered down this wrong path, and they refuse to take a look behind them to see if they're going the wrong way or not. They're just going to keep plodding forward, 
And when that bridge comes to an end, they're not going to turn around. I have a fear that they're going to be like lemmings and they're just going to go right off the edge. That, that brings me to this uh, sort of larger point that I wanted to make, too, and, and, and get your take on it. I was having an excellent conversation with a guy uh, who, who has his own, his own podcast, and he said we were, we were having a talk before any, anything was recording. We talked for, for, I'd say, at least an hour before we actually recorded anything. And um, he, he brought up an excellent point, and it was something that I, I hadn't taken it quite to this particular dimension when, when it comes to thinking, but it makes total sense. And uh, I was speechless when I first heard it, but I thought, no, that's, that, that sounds right. You know, we're thinking to ourselves that, that all of this is happening because the people who are, who are in charge, so to speak, whether, it, again, it be in politics or in education or wherever, that they all think that certain things are going to go back to the way that they used to be, which isn't going to, it, it can't happen now. Because again, the line has been crossed, as I've as I've mentioned before. But now, the real question is, what do they what do they see going forward? Do they actually believe that they're going to be wearing masks forever for the rest of time? And the answer that he sort of uh, came up with, and I mean, he, he immediately said it, and again, it, it stopped me dead in my tracks, and he said, all of these people, and I've said it on the podcast, but they're under a actual satanic spell, and they, and they can't get out of it because they're under this spell. And part of what's going on right now Everybody who's following these orders, they're all going to, I mean, they're all not going to be there in the future. If they keep not thinking for themselves and they, if they keep hurting children and if they just keep doing what they're doing and quote unquote following orders, the entire thing is burning to the ground. You don't have to believe in Satan to believe in evil. Evil is a real thing. And there's really evil people out there who may or may not believe in Satan, and maybe that's part of their end game. But I think overall, evil people who lack empathy and love and, and who look for death, I don't think that they care if they die. I think that if they just are a cog in the machine right now, just telling everybody, just do what you're told and things will go back to normal. Just, you know, do this and, you know, just wear this for this long or just stay this far away from the earth whatever it is that they're telling them to do, they inevitably become like a satanic entity, like you're saying, because they're not able to discern right from wrong anymore. Maybe they didn't have too much of a moral code or a moral fabric in the first place, and maybe they weren't religious like I was, and the next thing you know, they're just a satanic cog, and they're promoting death, and they're not waking up anyone, they're just staying asleep themselves. And, I mean, this has got to be the majority of people out there, because I don't actually think these are bad people. I don't actually think they're, like, you know, putting a pentagram on the floor and, and conducting seance, which I'm sure some people do. The reality of it is, is that there's real evil in the world. And, um, you know, I've seen example after example of it. After uh, we invaded Iraq, my unit 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines India Company, was in Karbala and we were guarding an electrical station. 
this um, gentleman came up and he could speak fluent English and came into our command center and he wanted to tell us a story. He said that he was uh, very thankful that the United States was in Iraq and that we'd saved him and his family. Uh, he was a school teacher and under Saddam Hussein's reign, he received a letter one month that said, you know, this is from Saddam. Basically, you're only getting one day's pay for a whole month now. You used to get 30 days pay, but now you're only going to get one day for that whole month. And so 99% of the school teachers, you know, under Saddam's vicious reign, they're like, oh, we got to take this. I'm going to get one day of pay now. Going to keep teaching. Going to just take this. But this one school teacher said, no, I'm going to write a letter. So what he does is he writes a very professional business letter explaining why this is wrong, explaining how he can't afford to feed his family, explaining how you're not going to get good teachers if you can't pay them correctly. So what happened was Saddam and his sons came out and visited him, and they held him down, and they took his clothes off, and they burned 90% of his body with a, a clothing iron that he was pressing his jeans out for because he was a professional, and he wanted to look professional in his class. So they burn 90% of his body and tell him, look, you're going to take that one day pay for the whole month. And the gentleman proceeds to take off his shirt and show me the burns. And then tell me, thank you, because you saved us from this evil. So whether or not you believe in these endless destructive wars like Iraq, and trust me, I don't believe in it, but I can justify it to myself when I think of the evil we stopped over there. Unfortunately, if you do a little research, you'll see that the United States most likely installed Saddam Hussein. So that's that. That's a different story altogether. But yes, evil does exist in this world. And there are people out there who will take an iron to your body and burn you until you submit. And that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed in 50 years. Since 1938, when they were forcing the Jews to wear stars and... Uh, IDs because they were unvaccinated in 1938. There's not that much has changed in the human mentality since 38 to 2021. I mean, money doesn't have to be the motive either. And, and that's kind of the, that's the overarching part here with what's again going on in, in K-12 schools and even university settings is that they're losing money. They're losing attendance. They're going to keep losing attendance. But I did read this online. Um, and I don't know if uh, you recall this guy's name or not, but his name was, I've got it right here, hang on just a second, uh, Douglas Belmore. And Douglas Belmore was a community college professor in Arizona, and he lost his job because he was talking about uh, the Q intelligence movement, and he was bringing up some of the Q posts that were that were taking place. And he was, he was telling his students again um, that this is something that you might want to pay attention to and you might want to get involved and understand what's going on in the world and you might want to learn about the world that we live in and, and who pulls the strings in XYZ. And, of course, he ended up losing his job as a result. But he brings up an excellent point on Gab, and I wanted to read this to you and, and get your take. Um, he said, let's see here. It said, Arizona education from K-12 to higher ed is at present primarily concerned with placing illegals into American kids and young adults' school seats because each head equals dollars. 
Illegals are even employed in mass in Arizona school sites, uh, a most a, a most illegal activity. They are paid in cash under the table with American taxpayers' money. So basically, and he continues a little bit on, but basically, again, they're they're burning down their own business, but it, it's an awfully nefarious motive for them to again the people that are pulling the strings so to speak way above the the local school level to be able to say well we know that a lot of americans and american citizens are, are aren't going to take this for much longer and they're probably going to homeschool but that's okay because we'll just fill up our schools with illegals mm. i mean it's an interesting it's a really interesting scenario i think and it, i mean i you know as a, as a former school teacher i myself saw this i mean i saw our school take in illegal individuals on a constant basis and they couldn't even speak a lick of english um it didn't seem to bother anybody that there was an that there were illegal students walking around it just it, i don't know it blows me away but that right there i think highlights a larger point that the individuals that are pulling the strings don't seem to care if the entire thing burns to the ground because money's not their motive. I mean, it, it can't be money. It's just pure evil. If you were to bring up something uh, like a Q post, you're labeled like a nut. Yeah, you'll get fired if you're a teacher. But if you have a communist flag in your schoolroom, like in Natomas, California, and you openly promote that you are going to take your 180 days to create communist uh, <laughs> rebels or revolutionaries, right? That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. See, the thing so, about the, the thing about that Project Veritas video, which again, you know, I admire James O'Keefe and the work that he's done. Um, I really do. I I personally don't think that was breaking news. I mean, I don't right. I don't think that's new. Number one and number two, um, if the guy has an Antifa flag in his classroom, the principal knows that. If the guy has a picture of Mao taped to the wall on a poster, the principal knows that, which means the principal is involved. There's no way that you have that hanging in your classroom with that many students, and then those students go home and, and don't tell their parents. I mean... Well, you know, I lived in Citrus Heights, which is adjacent to Natomas, and Natomas was considered... So that was the nice area, right, where people would seek to live. So in Citrus Heights, um, I would sit in, you know, on my child's virtual learning and stuff like that, and I didn't notice anything weird like that going on, right? Now, obviously, when you have them in the classroom and you can't supervise, they obviously could do a little more. So whether it's just the school or it's the county or maybe the whole state is completely, you know, compromise. I mean, my solution for this is pretty simple. It's like, well, if you think communism is great, well, take a thousand bucks, get a plane ticket, and go start over in a communist country. I mean, what are you so scared about? Why are people so scared to do what they want with their life, but they want to try and force a change on my way of life because they're too lazy to actually go out and go for what they want. So if you want communism, go there. Go, go to North Korea. Go to China. Go somewhere. Do it. You don't try and push this on people, you know, 
I don't know. So when my kid would get home from school, they'd be like, hey, Isaac, well, I'm picking him up out in front of the school, which, by the way, had the worst traffic and was the most dangerous area in the whole town during those two times a day. I'd be like, Isaac, what did you learn in school today? And he would think for five seconds, he'd be like, I, I don't know. I'm like, well, did you guys do math? He was like, uh, like, you can't even remember. I'm like, did you guys do English? Uh, and I'm like, I don't know if I should chalk this up to they're not teaching him anything or if he's just a kid, you know, and he's got a kid's memory. Like, I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> so what do you want me to say, you know? Like, I don't know if they're teaching him nothing in the schools. I don't know if they're teaching him terrible things, you know, bad I- ideologies and what have you. Or if they're, or if you got a great teacher, like I had a couple good teachers back in the day who, you know, could make something really boring, really interesting. Yeah, and that's what the, that, again, that, that's what the profession was supposed to be from the start, at least in the, in, in the eyes of the individuals that were actually interested in being educators. But now, now it's, I mean, it's, it's just gone. And, and I, you've heard me say it before, but I just don't think there's any saving it whatsoever. I think people have to run from these environments as much as they can. The faster that they can learn to self-govern and self-educate, the better. And they have to stop relying on these abusive environments and consistently sending their children to these abusive environments because that's how they've defined themselves now. And that line has been crossed, and there's no going back. Even when I went away to college, I had uh, bad experiences, you know? I went to the world's best cooking school, and for the first six months, you have to take classes all day, and you have to wear business casual, You you know, you have to be on point. These are, like, supposed to be the best cooks in the world, because it's an international school as well. So my very first class is Introduction to Gastronomy. And um, w- one of the older kids is, well, I should say older, but he'd been in the program longer. He'd be like, oh, let me see uh, who you got for your teachers. I'm like, sure. Show him my paperwork. He goes, oh, no. And he shows it to his friend. like, oh, no, you have selling stuff for Introduction to Gastro. And I'm like, yeah, so what? They're like, oh, she's a man-hater. I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm like, I didn't get along with anybody. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. She hates men. I'm like, well, I'll just sit in the back of the class. She only knows. And they're like, oh, no, you're like a big Marine Corps combat veteran. She's going to notice you. I'm like, whatever. You guys are scared of everything. Well, first 10 minutes of the class, she singles me out, and she's like two feet in front of me, and I'm smelling her breath, and she's already aggressive in my face. But within 10 minutes of the class, and I'm like, it's at 7 in the morning. I'm barely awake. I was like, what's going on here? But when I went and complained to the dean that she was, you know, not treating me fairly, I guess a couple of the other students had to get in and uh, go ahead and report her as well. Well, it seemed that she was already on her last straw at the school. So they took her and they removed her from the class and they sent her to the Grayscone campus on the other side of the country. I went to Hyde Park in New York. I ended up having to drop the class and then you take it again later. Something that I had never thought that I would ever have to do in my life was drop a class because I couldn't get along with the teacher. I mean, that, that was my first day college experience. Like, don't, don't worry about the, uh, curriculum. Just get right in my face and let me know who you think I am. You know? It's amazing. I mean, again, people enter a particular profession with, with the absolute wrong motives. And it's, you know, I've, I've mentioned this again before, but there are countless individuals, and I feel terrible for them, but they wanted to be effective educators. And, and they're sitting now as seniors in college, 
and they're they're looking at American public schools and they're watching the entire business crumble and they're saying to themselves, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? Do I want to do this for a living? And essentially they're getting a degree in something that is essentially useless. I mean, it's a, it's an, it's a degree in child abuse. It blows me away that again, individuals enter particular professions with not only the wrong motives, but they think that they'll get away with it forever. And then the flip side is that you have very innocent people that want to do luminous work for a number of different individuals who, of whom they've never even met before, but they just, they're stuck because they have a conscience and they see what's happening and they want nothing to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's well, tough, man. I'm it's just definitely hoping, tough. you know, with resources like how you provide on your website for people to actually have, like, you, know, you <coughs> provided five pages of resources on homeschooling on your website, which is outstanding. Like, I immediately sent it to one of my best friends who, uh, you know, he lives in Louisville, and, he, like, he's on the verge of homeschooling. Like, they're on the verge of it, but they allowed his son to do online learning. So... Like, if they would have allowed my son to do online learning, uh, I probably would have allowed him to stay in that school, right? Because I feel like all the, most of the unhealthy situations actually happen there, as, you know, the physical place. Whereas, like, you know, if you could do your school online, there's a, and, you know, I have, I have my fiance doing school online, and, uh, you know, she, she just had both of her classes come back. She got a perfect grade on both of her uh, assignments. I mean, that was something I couldn't do. But she's working really hard. She does it at her own pace. And then when it comes time for her to turn in her work, it's well done. So I don't understand why anyone's against online school. It just blows my mind. Yeah, I've always said it's just propaganda when individuals are saying that, you know, it's a, what was the, what was the consistent phrase we heard over the last year that American students uh, lost a full year of learning? I mean, give me a break. If anyone actually believes believe that. Yeah, of course not. If anybody actually believes that, they're not well. They're probably triple jabbed, wearing five masks, and, and walking around uh, like a total zombie. It's, it's inevitable that an individual will learn in an online environment because for the first time, perhaps, in their entire life, their mind is, allow is allowed to wander. And, and go different places and, and think about things on an individual level. And to a person that has always relied on countless other people to do their thinking for them, I fully understand that that can be a daunting task for a person to actually think for themselves for the first time. But when they do and when they start doing it, there's no end to the possibilities there. For sure, you know. Like, I don't want to push my son into anything. He would be wanting to be a Marine because I want it, or a baseball player. You know, I don't understand how these parents' parents say, you do you, you know? But instead of, like, constantly forcing your kids, and, you know, coming up on Long Island, we had some of the parents who would, you know, school their children for a whole other day after they got home. And when you talk to them, they're like, so what'd you do after school? They say, well, every day when I get home, I have to do another five hours of homework that my father assigns me. And I'd be like, what? Like, I don't want to do school when I go home, you know? So there's plenty of parents out there. You hear about the single mom who works two, three jobs to support her child. But her child's not with her. She's with other people learning from them. 
would it not suit her benefit to maybe cut back one of those jobs and, you know, spend that time educating their child or with parents. If you got two parents, you know, a lot of situations, both parents work, they work a lot. Well, you're going to have to make time and you're going to have to turn off the TV and uh, not worrying about the Yankees record or, you know, Saturday night, maybe you're not watching the UFC fight because you really should be spending a couple hours, you know, helping your child with their literacy. You show them the different avenues, but you're not going to force them. You homeschool them because if you don't, they will force your children into some type of ideology that perhaps later in life you can't correct. You know, you can't show them how to create a good moral fabric if you're not there. So if if I want to be this big mega chef and run my own restaurant because I went to the world's best cooking school and so on and so forth, this endless pursuit of ego... If I'm working 70 hours a week plus, do you think I can teach my son anything? Like, people need to understand the difference between chasing their dreams and, like, you know, preparing their life and their, you know, children for the future. So if it means you got to take a step back from your job, if you got to take a demotion, if you got to, you know, maybe cut back on the overtime, maybe then and actually spend the time you know, let's get a book. Let's go to the library. Let's go on a field trip. Let's talk about um, morals. Let's talk about ethics. Let's talk about civics. Let's talk about these things in this world that um, learning out of a textbook and a curriculum, it might not be the best way. You need to really spend the time to allow their mentalities to search out these questions themselves. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, my mom was like, go outside and play. And if I was going for six hours, she didn't even come looking for me, you know? I was playing. I was learning. I was out there in the dirt, in the mud, in the sticks, and, you know, exploring with my mind. Morals, too, right? Because you're put into moral situations every single day, whether you want to or not. The problem is, is that people turn off their minds. You know? They turn off their minds. And we need to start turning our brains back on. We need to start critical thinking. We need to start asking questions. And it shouldn't be just you at the school board saying things. It should be everyone who wants to have their kids in those schools. I mean, I heard a little kid in a video game the other day talking on Xbox Go. I didn't take the facts. What do you think? I want to die? And we're talking about like a 10-year-old kid playing a video game all of the thing. So, I mean, there is a mass awakening happening. And this is what I say to the masters. I understand if you want to wear a mask. What I don't understand is... Why? I mean, you're allowed to do whatever you want. I understand that. But you're not coming up with any scientific data that's showing me how I'm going to save my life with a mask. They're not, they're not showing me anything. And then when I do see studies come out, like the Marine Corps released a study on masks on, on uh, tens of thousands of new recruits they did a study on. And what they found was is that you got like a 1% to 3% protection over recruits who hadn't worn a mask. And then other studies coming out like a Waterloo study that just came out recently, they're saying maybe upwards of 10%, which, you know, isn't nothing, but all day, every day, on your child's face? I don't get it. And, you know, to my friends and family out there listening to this, please wake up. Please do something different. Please. I'm begging you. You know? Just think. Not telling you what to do. Not begging you to do anything. Just think. That's it. Do your own thing. 
Don't believe what other people tell you on how to live your life. Make up your own moral code and you do you. That's what I say. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.